So I don't have any fancy introduction here. So yet, I'm sure I will at some point, but we're going to introduce myself and my two uh, guests here. I'm Josh Moulton of Ad Central, and this is a Mind Your Own Business podcast. And I've got, I'm going to butcher your last name. Uh, Mike, is it DePape? DePape? It sounds like fancy. I just want to think it's like fancy, like DePape, like you're like French or something. <laughs> Uh, well, my last name's French, but, you know, we're simpletons over here. And Levi, I'm not sure Levi's last name, but... Now nah, we'll keep it. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Not too many people will probably see this since you guys are my guinea pigs, so that's all right. So I appreciate you guys uh, sticking around late tonight. <laughs> there you go. There's 30,000 people watching, I think. Hey, you know, you never know. It might just go viral for some reason, you know. We, we, we throw the... I'm walking out right now. Viva was like this. He's like, okay, it's probably not going to get a lot of views, which is cool. But then the next breath, he's like, the internet is forever. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm like, oh, this doesn't ever go away. So watch what you say. Yeah, they don't want to be a politician. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah, gotta look at it like that. Um, But yeah, no, uh, Mike, the reason, you know, we're still connected is I've kind of known you. I I don't even know how far back. I want to say like 2014 or so. It's kind of whenever I I got into the space and Instagram was kind of the the place to be Facebook groups. I don't think really were, were existing then for the cell phone repair industry. I think it was Instagram. And I think maybe at that point, WhatsApp might've been out and there were some WhatsApp groups around. I'm not sure, but yeah, I remember that you were one of the few people out putting content out on Instagram quite often as your I Denver repairs. I always remember you guys doing that. Now that we're past the, uh, I don't know what it is. The Statue of Limitations, uh, color customs on the old iPhones. <laughs> hey, those are still dope, man. I still like them. I was just talking to a customer about that today. Yeah, yeah. No, some people still have them laying around. Oh, bro, I I got a box of shit here from that era still of all of my old phones that were all custom, and I they're pretty pretty yeah. sweet to look at. I. I run the iPhone 13 mini and it's just plain now. So there's nothing special about it today. If he's had laser etched phones. Yeah, and definitely gets cool. Light and the, the Apple light and all of it. All sorts of cool stuff. Not ah, the, the light mod. Yeah. I forgot about the light mod. I never did those. I was too scared that like something would happen and I'd end up like burning somebody's phone up or like catching it on fire. It's a risk you take to have some fun, man. Yeah. You gotta try it. Yeah. You know, it was it was risky enough. But yeah. Uh, so back then, like, how, when did you officially start uh, doing repairs, or what kind of got you into it? Uh well, like the the whole long story is, I moved from California to Colorado. Uh, when I was living in California, I was fixing my iPhone three G at that time, and I came here. And I just had a weird kind of niche skill. Uh, so I brought it with me. And then I had a job working in a restaurant when I first moved here. And I was doing that on the side. And then like 3GS, 4s came out. I was doing all those repairs. Uh, and then I decided 
to quit my job once uh, I found out I was having a kid. So then I ended up partnering up with this guy, started a shop. Uh, it lasted for about a year as a partnership, bought the guy out, and then I just kept going at it full bore, um, you know, and been at it ever since. And uh, it's been a pretty good run, man. I mean, I'm very fortunate to have a, a skill and being consistent doing what I do, uh, good reputation, and customers keep coming back for years and years and years and now are coming into the Levi shop uh, by Denver today. So it's pretty awesome. I'm very fortunate. Yes. Uh, uh, with that, Levi, did you work with Mike before? And is that kind of how you kind of got into taking it over? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So <clears throat> I used to buy and sell phones. And that's actually how I met Mike is I used to bring my purchase devices <laughs> into iDenver. He fixed them. It was when iDenver was brand new. It was 2011, 2012, somewhere around there when I met him, right when they first opened. And uh, it was just the front little office area. So it was just a tiny room with a desk and he'd sit there <laughs> fixing stuff. And I'd watch him do it. And I'm like, man, that's, that's really cool. And I was like, but I think, I think I could do that. Uh, and so I, this is pre YouTube or anything else. So I, you know, got a screen, drew diagrams for screw placement and took my apartment for us. I think that was the first phone I ever fixed, put a new screen on there. It was successful. It worked and uh, brought Started buying parts from Mike, and yeah, the rest is kind of history. I ended up. Uh... Well, the story how he became an employee yeah, was well. a friend of mine was getting married and invited me to be in his wedding, <laughs> and I drove rather flew out to flew out to Oklahoma, and uh, I was like, "Yo, Levi, you want to handle the shop for a week while I'm gone?" And uh, I don't even think hesitantly, but just said, "Yeah, I, I think I can handle it." So then ended up staying there for a week, and that was. Like a decade ago now. <laughs> so I basically just never left. Yeah. I found that I really liked fixing stuff a heck of a lot more than I liked like selling devices online and hassling with people and haggling. I just, I don't know, man, that, that got really tiresome. So being able to just focus on something and, and better my skill outside of just yeah. sales, I think was for me the most enticing thing about the job is I felt like it was something I could kind of you know, grind my teeth on. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, that's kind of a similar how I got into it. You know, I, I think I started like right at the iPhone 3G. And then one of my friends was like, man, he's like, I was working IT at the time. And he's like, dude, he's like, it's so easy. You can just buy these things on Craigslist. People break them. And it's super cheap to buy the glass for it. And he's like, and I just turn around and sell it again on Craigslist and make like 50, 60 bucks on it. I'm like, what? So he like showed me one and I'm like, that's literally all you got to do is just change this like little glass, like, you know, screen on it. Cause at that time, the LCD and the digitizer was easily, you know, replaceable. <laughs> so I was like, nah, it's not that easy. So I like remember like buying one on Craigslist broken. And from there, it was just like, wow, it literally just takes a few minutes to fix this and throw it back together and throw it back on Craigslist for a $3 digitizer. And I'm in the money, you know? So yeah. I kind of got hooked on it the same I'm way. It was crazy. Yeah, that was. Those are the good old days of kind of when you could actually repair these things for a decent amount of money uh, for a for a customer or for a flip, and that was nice. And you know, yeah. you didn't have to worry about serialization, 120 hertz displays, or any bullshit like that. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. definitely true. It, it, it hasn't gotten easier. That's for sure. They've, uh, uh, right. Yeah. I mean, as far as being in the industry, that, that, that was the beauty of it. Like the, the simple, 
the simple repair times and how easy it was to flip. And I never expected to, you know, start a business from it. I just like the fact that I could easily make 50 bucks off of a, a phone real quick by fixing the, the glass on it. <laughs> exactly right. But it's a hassle, man. You got to, you know, reach out to people and say, hey, would you take 50 bucks less for your phone? And, and then when you do finally yeah. fix it and have to flip it, dealing with 30 people, then, hey, would you take $50 for this? It's true. Maybe I mean, three hours that... away as well. <laughs> Bring it to my mountain house. <laughs> Definitely more of a science to it. I, I definitely don't disagree there. It's a lot of, you know, negotiating. But I feel like back then it wasn't as bad as it is now. You know, like back then, like with the iPhone still being new at that point, like that people weren't used to that kind of stuff. There wasn't as much buying and selling of phones. And, you know, there was no marketplaces other than Craigslist or eBay. So I think that was the, the nice thing about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's all that the financing thing wasn't a big deal either right and there wasn't sure, back to... in the day it would just be also true well, so yeah. there's no worries there I, I never got a call from a customer going hey to stop working <laughs> no yeah i mean i don't even know blacklist was even a thing back then i don't think so no definitely not the same as it is today because people paid their bills <laughs> <laughs> Money to pay their and, bills. and people didn't import their shit lost or stolen the moment you sell it to them. Oh, that's true, too. Or buy it from them. Yeah. I mean, and then, I mean, I know there was like the contracts involved, right? But I mean, getting a phone was like 200 bucks. Like, there wasn't. Dust into there. Once in a while. You like the tempered glass more than the film? Oh, yeah. Without question. Uh, I used to, but yeah. we've got an Axiom yeah. here. I think that's way better than Protection Pro or any of the other ones I've used. So I used Protection Pro for a while, and uh, it was pretty nice. It was pretty good. I liked it. Um, and it's just really hard because putting that on, that product, takes a, a certain finesse. And, you know, and people have pretty high expectations, you know, our customer base especially. So we we actually discontinued selling that product. Um especially with the release of a lot more flat screens with flagships. Like there's not as many curves anymore, particularly yeah. Samsung. So it's like that machine was nice, but also for like the odds and ends, that's what I loved it for. Someone came in for like an eight or whatever the phone, you just cut it. Boom. I got it. Yeah. Ready to roll. Same, same or better margins a lot of times too. And on demand. So I did like that. I do kind of miss that, but I, I, I personally, I prefer glass on all of my stuff. Um, it's just my preference. So, yeah, I mean, I, I see it, and I, I never, I was always the same way. We had a protection pro, and I hated that. Like, we tried it, we gave it a shot. I just don't like. It reminded me of you know, way back in the day, I would get zags for my personal, and like, I hated the idea of like spraying something on trying to get yep. it exactly perfect and lined up and then you got to squeegee it out and it was never perfect there was always like some oh. sort of like ripple somewhere like it just didn't look good so that's why i always stuck to tempered and then same thing with protection pro like everybody ran it and raved about it and they're like oh it's the best thing ever so i'm like all right we'll try it and i again like it just like you said it, it takes a special like you know finesse of like getting it just right and 
like, nah, th- I, there's no reason to be doing this. Like, it's just too much work and headache. You're going to burn through too many of these films trying to get it right, peeling it back off. And we, yeah. honestly, well, like, we've had the Axiom and it's it's been great. We don't have any issues with it. Yeah, that's a dry installer, yeah? Yeah. Like, dry yep. dolphin. How's like yep. how's like the bubbles and does it does it permeate and release good if it does have bubbles? Or- um, you know, I haven't personally installed too many. He does most of them, but I mean, I think he, you know, over time he just got so good at it, he doesn't have issues with it. I mean, every once in a while, maybe with an iPad, it's a little tougher because you got a bigger surface. Right. But overall, right. I mean, we crush it on the phones. Um, you never have any issues really. Like every. Every once in a while, you might have somebody come back in with one that's like peeling on an edge or something after a while because they don't have a case and it's just, you know, getting beat up yeah. in their pocket or purse. But we usually will replace them for free. That was another complaint that we had a lot of is like the oils we get under people's, the people's oils would get under the uh, the film and it would just kind of start to lift. And they're like, it's lifting. I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll replace it as well. But I kind of got tired of doing that, you know, so. The tempered glass yeah. just generally don't. They generally do not have that issue. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, for the most part, I know there's always the issues, you know, it depended on what brand you were getting, but like where, you know, they won't adhere to the edges. I think like iPhone 8 is really when it started. Like you started seeing just like the little sides where it would not stick for whatever reason. Didn't matter what you did. Like, you know, MS released that. There's stuff where you get the fingernail polish type of stuff that you could like yeah. try to like get it up under there to get it to adhere. <laughs> I read, I read, I read on the group that somebody uses like uh, vegetable oil or some shit to fill in the sides of it, and I was like, "That's unique." But I think that's all that is. It's like an oil. I actually have it in the front. It's like little nail polish thing. I think it's just some sort of oil filler. I don't know that it has any. I don't think it ever dries or anything. I think it just kind of sits on the edge and fills in the gap. But I mean, I guess that makes sense, kind of. I mean, you would think it would eventually dry, though, right? Like, you know, and then, like, that that space would be void again of some sort. But I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's interesting. It probably is. I mean, it's China. I don't doubt anything that they do to <laughs> it, make I mean, a buck. But I would say, like, uh, speaking of tempered glass and things, like, I'm glad, for example, Casper brand has improved, uh, you know, and they keep changing uh, like the cut of it for face ID phones and yeah. it's gotten a lot better and which is good because that's pushing the industry to do much better overall for everybody. And it's better for the customer at the end of the day. It's great for us because I have less shit that I peel and then throw right in the trash. So I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Have you ever actually tried to run it underwater? No, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. They advertised. It oh, on. you're talking, are you talking about the new ones? Yeah. They I said that you could the like new ones where you run- can like, yeah. I'm like, ah, all right, hey, maybe you can. I just use a sticker. So I, I just, yeah, I just use a sticker and always tape and. Huh. Yeah. I'm not trying to run I know water. on the. I don't know. I don't think it's. Is it the Pro Series? Whatever their, like, newer, their newer series was. I remember seeing them doing a demo at, like, one of the conferences where, like, they literally, like, peeled off, like, the backing of it or whatever and even threw it on the floor just to try to get stuff on it. Like, nothing was sticking to it, like, dust or anything like that. Like, showing how easy it was to clean it off. You could put it on, peel it back off. You think that's one of your uh, bigger upsells? Or do you sell a lot of accessories in your stores? No, I mean, we're... I've always just said we're strictly service. So we primarily just focus on repair. Uh, We do, you know, upsells with cables and charging blocks and occasionally... 
like well, I'll push tempered glass on basically not push it, push it, but like make a recommendation. I got this product on my phone. It works really well. I've seen it save dozens of phones this month alone. People come in, think their shit's broken on a 15 pro max, peel it off and it's fresh. And people are just like thrilled and so happy about it. And it's like, it's the best 20 bucks you'll spend a day. You know, you yeah. just spend a hundred dollars to fix your phone. What's another 20 to protect it. So it is kind of nice. Good. Upside. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think that's the one, I mean, same here. We, we don't really sell like, you know, every once in a while might be like a case and then, you know, add it onto it, but we always try to push, you know, the screen protector, like you said, Hey, you're in here spending this kind of money, you know, you need to protect it or else you're going to be back in a couple of weeks with the same problem. And you're going to be complaining about how you got to pay for it again. Um, kind of leading into that, do you, have you sold any of the, uh, like ACO or any of the protection plans before? Yeah, we, we actually, uh, Signed up with Upsy, and uh, I don't know if you know the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, dude. I was so I was so hyped on it. I was like, "Yeah, let's let's get it going." We got the the window cleaning. I put all the marketing shit all over, and uh, sold a few plans or whatever. And then I I put all my own shit on there. I was like, "I'll try it out." And uh, I fucking got the notice. It was like, "Oh yeah, we're no longer basically in business in your state." And I was like, "Oh." great this is fantastic so whatever yeah least, we, we were signed tried. up for them yeah no i agree it's funny it's like i had heard of them and seen their facebook ads even before hearing about them like being involved with the industry and trying to get into the repair side right and i was like oh this is kind of interesting and i was like oh just another brand you know like out there trying to do something and then when they when they did get in the repair industry i was like oh let's check it out so like same thing we we did the same thing window clings got like all the marketing stuff for it whatever we never ended up selling any of it but like now i look back and it's like i feel like it's been the same case for almost you know a lot of these things like the liquid glass companies that came around like for that cycle and everybody just gets burned by them so i was like ah, let's just take our time let's not push it too hard yet let's see how it kind of works out and see what the feedback I mean, is but i did i would, lo- I would love to have a product like that i mean for myself as a consumer a user of these products and then also for a business to sell to people and say hey look you can protect your shit for a few bucks a month with whatever the deductible might be and you can choose your repair shop or whatever or come back to see us again if you're happy with the service blah 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 but you know, we're competing with Assurant and Assurian and AppleCare Plus. It's really hard to do that. So, do you, you have know. a lot of Apple stores? Many Apple stores near you? Uh, so per capita, Colorado has more one of the highest number of Apple stores per capita. However, uh, the closest one to my particular shop is about 15, 10, well, like twelve miles north of here. Um, and then we just had an, an authorized service provider, the only one in my town called jack b click they just closed their doors like two weeks ago so interesting good, good a or lot bad, of the asps are yeah i feel like a lot of the aasp brands that are out there like that were the independent brands definitely have crashed and burned there was a couple in yeah. st louis it was kind of the same thing and then i know what was it simply mac they had quite a few locations they closed down yeah and there's another one that was here in, in denver <laughs> Digi- sweet shop and digitique yeah like I went in there a couple times to get my own AppleCare stuff plus taken care of, and the store was fucking cherry, bro. Awesome accessories. Beautiful interior, great staff, just awesome. And they're fucking closed. They closed their doors, too. Wow. So, 
and I mean, how do you survive on a model like that where you're doing a lot of in warranty work? Like, how do you, how are they even getting paid enough to justify doing yeah. that? that? That's uh, what I always wondered. I didn't understand how these places. That's crazy. Yeah, like the closest to me, like we have no competition around here, but again, we're like small town, but like the closest Apple store to us is like 75 miles. So, I mean, yeah, like. We people were like, oh yeah, we could go to Apple, but then they got to figure out setting up an appointment and then making the day to drive over there. And it's like, yeah, we'll just do it here. <laughs> it's just way easier. So that is the benefit. Interest, interestingly enough, even though you're in a small town and it's far away, we have the same thing happening here. We have more people in fewer stores. So we have in the town I'm in, Castle Rock has seventy thousand people. That's a lot of people. Highlands Ranch has another seventy thousand people. That's the town above us. There's 200,000 people within, you know, 15 miles of where we're at. A ton of people and one Apple store. So then if you go another 15 miles north of that to where his shop's at, you have Cherry Creek. There's another Apple store. If you go like 10 miles west of there, there's another Apple store. And you go another 25 miles into Boulder, there's another one. And there's a, another one uh, somewhere else. But I think there's five or six of them relatively close. Um, but there's 7 million people, you know what I mean? There's a ton of people. That's true. So people can't get appointments. So like, even if there's a store nearby, your appointment's two weeks out. What are you going to do? Wait to get your shit fixed in two weeks? No, right. Probably not. So, yeah. I mean, other than, other, other than the uh, availability of the newer displays that we're not seeing a whole lot of anyways right now. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are getting privy to putting insurance or Apple Care plus on their things. That kind of sucks, <laughs> but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. I know whenever I was working at MS, uh, I did some like runs for trade-ins at all the Apple stores around there when there were some good trade-in opportunities. And I think there's 12 within like a pretty close distance there, 12 Apple stores. I would like map it out on Google Maps where they all were. And I'd start my day at like one. And just like make my way around like the whole little like round trip of like stopping at each one, doing some trade-ins and then literally turning around and going back through them because I would be like seeing different employees on my way back through on like the second round of each one. But it was crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it whenever I was looking them all up. I was like, man, there's that many around here. Like St. Louis, there's like two. And I was like, you know, it's just crazy to see like the different, you know, metropolitan areas. They're just like saturated with them. Yeah, which would you yeah, say I mean, do you see? Do you see as many newer repairs? I mean, I, obviously you don't see probably any fifteenth hardly or anything, but like I, a lot of people complain about like not seeing you know eleven series kind of being like more of a cutoff. Like once it got to the twelves, like more people were starting to get Apple Care and stuff like that. Or do you see a lot of twelves or thirteens? Uh, I will say the LCD phones are more common. Uh, LCD iPhone. Uh, and all the OLEDs, like 12 or newer, there are definitely fewer numbers of them. And I attribute it to it's a better design. Square edge, screen fits inside of the housing. That's It's just better design. Like, it is what it is. But now that these phones have been beat up for a couple of years by people, it, they're breaking, you know. And we see yeah. quite a few, like, back glasses, like crazy, camera lens covers, batteries are going out. Fucking, you name it, they're starting to fail. But... I would say, unfortunately, fewer more recent model iPhones are coming through the doors today. Um, but I give it time. I'm, dude, we did. We still do iPhone six repairs. I you did know? a five SE today. Yeah, five SE battery. 
Yeah. Gal, gal's like, my mom, this is the phone she wants to use. An upgrade. Let's fix it. Uh, all right. Sure. I can do that. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I think we just did one not too long ago either. And it was a similar situation. It was an older person that was just like, they didn't. They didn't want a bigger phone. They were happy with what they had and it worked for them. And like, they didn't care about apps and all that. They just liked their small phone. They liked the home button and, you know, they were happy with it. But yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, we still see sevens, six S's here and there, but I'd say, you know, eights, eights in the X series or 10 series, whatever you want to call them, like was probably more of the, the bulk of things. Pairs goes for us. It's eights, SEs, and elevens. Uh, we do a lot of elevens, man. Yeah, and XRs, yeah. and XRs, decent amount of XRs. I, I actually do a decent amount of twelve and twelve pros, though, too. Yeah, we do too. We do a decent amount of those. Well, like that top, that uh, that row right there. That's all the iPhone yeah. screens. Fourteen series all the way back to five S's, and they fucking move. I mean, we we have them on hand, so if someone calls, we got the part. You know. We got a bunch of a top rows iPad, middle rows all the small parts down here, Samsung stuff and miscellaneous iPads over there. But I mean, we do everything, bro. We have such a diverse mix of repair here. Um, it's you can't you can't not you can't just depend on fucking iPhone. There's no way. So yeah, yep. I mean, yeah, we we solder, <laughs> we refurbish, we do back glass, we do computer work, we do console work. You, you bring me a fucking Christmas tree, I'm gonna fix it. You know, like I'm not trying to. Work. <laughs> I literally fixed a Christmas tree, so I'm fine with that. So, I know, I know it's funny. It's a true story. Somebody brought me like an $800 uh, uh, fucking fake Christmas tree that has lights run through it. And it has like these two pieces that come together in the middle and these two pins that like mail into each other. And the guy twisted it when he wasn't supposed to. And it broke the lead off, took it apart, soldered it back together, put it back together and it fucking worked. He was like, dude, you just saved Christmas. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Pay me, bro. Thank you. So that was, awesome. that was it. I mean, right. why not? I'm not, I'm not going to say no to business. If someone trusts me to fix their shit, I'm going to try. I think that's the key. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, you know, I, I've talked about it many times on our lives as well, but like a lot of guys in this industry kind of got into it with just fixing screens and they don't want their I won't say scared, but like some people just don't like change and like they don't want to get into learning soldering or they don't want to get into fixing Samsung. There's people who won't even fix Samsung, which I think have gotten easier than they used to be. Oh it just blows my mind. Give me an S23 Ultra. Let me make 120 bucks. Yeah. For screws in. I don't like I can fit out $300 for a part, but I very much like the ease of the repair compared to like doing exactly. a back glass on Pro, oh, oh yeah, back, dude. Let me do a back glass on an S twenty four all day, all day. Yeah, yeah, fucking iPhone. Yeah, love it. So, do you guys so, do back back glass only repairs on iPhones, or do you do frame swaps? Both, depending on the circumstance. But yeah. I mean, I uh, I actually <laughs> I was doing a back glass today. Levi and I were talking. Uh, what was I doing? Thirteen Pro. Thirteen Pro. Yeah, he's doing one. it. The way that I would not. Uh, I do like a. I do a pretty screen off, pretty heavy disassembly because yep. I got the. I got that cheesy ass blue laser down here, and it worked pretty <laughs> good for a long. Time. But the laser that I come from is a forty watt fiber laser I bought in twenty seventeen when the iPhone ten was new. I spent like four racks on that fucker, and it is the baddest laser you can buy. And uh, I'm so jealous because his shit cuts through 
every model iPhone, doesn't matter the color, no problem. This thing, this thing, if it's a fucking wrong, if it's white, it's not working. It doesn't cut the white glass. So it works well enough and it's made me money 50 fold from what I bought it for. But it's literally, if I could show it to you right now, it has all my broken back, not all, but a lot of my broken back glass with the magnet ring stuck to it because <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And uh, I use heat method, man. I, I bang through a heat method one and get primo results uh, pretty quick, dude. I mean, my I'm not super, super fast, but like I take the screen off. I got the screen removal tool by Nassen over there that I really, really oh, like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's vacuum thing that comes up and put tension on it so yeah i got about, <laughs> got about 35 of those that's on that machine stuck to the it's stuck nice. to the machine. that's all yeah. so hilarious but i, I disassemble a lot man because we've had we've had uh we've had face id errors after repair camera issues etc where it's like you know what it takes me an extra total taking it apart putting it back together like half an hour and that's fucking worth it. You know, one face ID error would cost me 600 bucks. So I'd rather not have that issue. Right. And they come out money. I mean, I think my shit turns out real good. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm just, I'm a little biased. Yeah. I just, I just been doing the same method the whole time. I do a partial disassembly and then run that fiber laser, man. And that makes it to where that glass comes off like butter. I can clean oh, yeah. it up real easily. And really the part that, the part that takes the longest is literally just right around the camera. The camera rolls, nice. the, yeah. the, the way that the laser hits it in between, it's just, yeah, you're going to have to spend some time chipping away, but I, I can do mine in a fraction of the time that he can, just because he has to do like a full disassembly. It probably leads to a, a cleaner end result, but... Well, yeah, and it's just, I I choose to do that. I mean, the the 13 Pro, dude, there's like uh, 25 screws, maybe, to get to the point where I'm at with that repair. Older models were a bitch because you got to take this out, to take that out, to move that, to move this, to take that out, to then get that out. That's kind of a nightmare. So I still do it. But, you know, we charge, Levi actually charges a whole lot more than I do, but we charge a premium for this. Like, we're not charging 50, 7,500 bucks yeah. for this shit. We're, people people who do that, it, it just blows me away. I know. Fucking all this work for $75. Like, I genuinely, like, bro, what are you doing? Like, no, thank you. And you know that that wow, person that's doing it for seventy five dollars—they're doing the laziest job. None of the nothing is getting transferred. The wireless coil is probably torn. There's magnets <laughs> missing. You know, <laughs> glasses are still up. Yeah, there's dust. I mean, it's just no. I'm not doing. Oh. Yeah, you know, it's I same, mean, it's, it's like that. Yeah, that's why. We, I mean, we do both. Like we've done. Like we have like the little you know mount mounted green you know back glass removal where you put it in the vice or whatever and you see it on it. But we've had the blue forward laser as well. Didn't care for it. Same issue you're saying. Like it doesn't burn through wine. It was terrible. We had more headaches with that thing. I was like, whatever. I'm just get rid of it. And then we're back into frame swaps. You know, like we charge a premium for it and make it worth the time of disassembling and swapping everything over and. If they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. But, you know, most people, you know, depending on how bad it is, will just do it and suck it up. You know? Well, yeah, and then Levi, Levi and I are talking about this more recently about just pricing and things. But really when it boils down to it, considering options, you know, if you don't have insurance or third-party warranty or anything like that, and you only know of, you know, Mike's shop or Apple option, Mike's shop, no matter what I price at, <laughs> Even if I'm at 75% of what Apple would charge, 80% of what Apple would charge is still a bargain, you know? 
But in, in terms of like frame swaps and things, certain times I do, I do offer that as a repair option because it's like a split on the antenna line or whatever. And my cost on yeah. the frame swap is just additional to the part cost. So it's like, if I get it on MS and it's 130 bucks, well, I'm just charging my same labor to do that same repair. I'm not losing out for that for, for the customer's sake. It's just their shit's a little more messed up than they might've thought <laughs> when they called. So, and that, that actually just happened yesterday on a 13 mini. Um, the gal had a separation from getting the classic closed it in the car door and fucking smashed Ooh. the shit out of the phone. But the crazy you know, thing is, was still good. That glass was flat. And the, the antenna line on the top was split. But it is surprising. It is, actually. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, my, you know, if you want to know, the best iPhone ever made, iPhone 13 mini. That's it right here. Period. Into discussion. My favorite phone. I wasn't ever really a fan of the mini series, but you know, I feel like you know the the reason they stopped making them is just because they didn't they didn't see the sales numbers they they really wanted on the mini line. But well, yeah, they still indicative of the... us as people. I got the Pro Max. Yeah. He's rocking the mini. He's a mini guy. I got mini hands. Mini hands. I, I'm in mini the middle. Hand. I'm a pro. I'm a pro guy. Oh, so pro Max. Yeah. So you're you like you're like five ten, five eleven. Yep. Jesus. Gotta go right in between. I'm, I'm fucking five foot seven, so you gotta run my face. All fucking tall guys. There's nothing there. Oh shit. Oh, um, now I'm. I'm not. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> uh, well, here's the best part. This my my workbench is 48 oh inches God. tall. Huh. That's a perfect. That's like a standing desk for you. Literally, and my other tech, my one tech oh, right yeah. now, Sean, he's six foot ten. He's a fucking giant, bro. Like when I'm showing him a phone, like, hey, Shawnee, like check this out. Like if I'm showing me or you, it'd be like here. For Sean, I'm literally like, yo, check this out, bro. <laughs> Look at that. And like, that's, I'm no bullshit. That's how tall he is. So mm. when you say standing for inch, Shawnee's like, his foot he's here is his right over. here, bro. And like, he's still hunched over. He's so fucking giant. He's literally all the way up. But then I like, so all these chairs, these chairs have like extended cylinders. So they yep. go up high. So like, if I want to sit my ass down, but you see, I got to hop in. I'm like a little kid in yep. there. So, so that's but, kind of one of the same style ones from Uline, I think, is where we got ours from for the tech area. Big like that, where it goes up because we've got Uline like tech benches that sit up pretty high too. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, all this shit I built, I like it. It's worked out really well for me. I when I took the shop over, it was fucking a piece different. of shit, dude. To be honest, but it was. Good. So you took it, it over from somebody. Yeah, I mean, the, the story goes, um, so I used to have a refurbishing set up in my Denver location, and I had a partner doing that, um, and we'd reach around to local shops to ask if they wanted services. So we would give, you know, uh, you know, taking screens, refurbish it, give it, sell it back to them, or whatever, return to them. Uh, so this company, Device Doctor, was one of our customers, and then I heard through the grapevine that the shop was for sale. And I talked to the, the the then manager of the shop, and it was like a young kid who uh, 
was basically blowing smoke. Uh, he was trying to sell it for like an absurd amount of money. He said that CPR and you break, I fix were interested in them. I was like, well, I know enough about that. Cause they approached me for my Denver shop. So I know you're fucking lying to me. So I was like, Hey, let me talk to your owner. He goes, Oh, I am the owner. I was like, well, your name's nowhere on any of the official documents I could find on the internet. So let me get Jerry's number. The guy was Jerry. So I ended up talking to Jerry and we negotiated a deal and it was kind of a fire sale. Um, his, his, his daughter was uh, in the shop, running the shop. She was going to college. The kids that were running it were not doing a very good job and uh, he was just ready to be done. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to initially Levi and I were going to come down and kind of make it happen. And one thing led to another and it just ended up being me down here. Uh, but yeah, I, basically tore this whole place up like this wall that you see used to go almost all the way to the ceiling and was blocked off and it's like a staggered wall and i didn't like that i wanted it to be open so i could see people coming in so they could see us doing our thing there's a tv right here with some cameras so you can see it, the workbench area while we're working this wall that you see to the right where that refurbishing room and this door is that wasn't even there this was just open all the way to the back so i built all that out uh that refurbishing area used to be my office and uh, got rid of all my, I don't even have a desk in here, you know? It's just, oh yeah, it's a fucking laminar fluid. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I got a badass laminar fluid hood in there, all kind of sweet ass equipment, stainless steel desks, shelving. It's a full blown refurb lab. I could refurb anything in that area. So um, do, you, do you actively refurb like for like, a, yeah. like newer stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the newest is the newest I'm comfortable <laughs> with, 13 Pros. Uh, I'm just afraid of fucking up a real high dollar display, like a 14 series. So it, in that case, now there might be some good aftermarket options, but we would IRP, we just order a display through Apple uh, and do our IRP repair and have a, you know, a relatively decent margin if we can resell the display, especially, but we're, we, we return all of those to Apple. Yeah, I got you. That's what I was going to say. We're on our IRP as well. I think our renewal came up. I don't know if we're going to renew it. We've never used it. We've never had somebody change it, you know, aftermarket, whatever. But I know that, no, no, all the stipulations there. Good times. But, you know, for me, I feel like that was their, their way of trying to get away from, you know, getting stabbed with right to repair. It's like, ah, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll let you guys have access to all of our stuff at, you know, absurd prices. <laughs> Just to say what you guys have access yeah. to it now and you guys can't cry about it. <laughs> That's exactly right. They, they, they allowed for small business to join them. Um, and then they kept the prices sky high. Uh, and they and they rolled out the self service aspect of it simultaneously, kind of. So that they kind of could uh, they they look good. They look good. They're allowing people to repair their stuff. You know, yeah. access to proprietary parts and software. Yeah, exactly. So do you? Uh, one one thing we don't do is Apple Watches. Do you refer Apple Watches or mess with them? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, the Levi. Levi, he just—I think he's using the head. That dude's fucking Apple Watch OG. Like, I, I'm gonna—I'm gonna say this right now, and it's factual. I, I taught—I literally taught him everything he knows, basically on Apple Watches. But his shit is fucking primo, dude. This dude is so good on Apple Watch refurbs; it's ridiculous. And they come out money and fucking—he has a a box of digis and shit he's taking apart it's like this big just full of glass like that he saves like a weirdo you should tell him how big my dick is too i have no idea 
I have no idea. I have no idea. He's a little bit. Oh, yeah, right. Tell him. 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 Tell all Tell him. 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 <laughs> but no, uh, Apple Watches are great, man. They're they're a little difficult. They do have some issues, you re- but you once you get your te- techniques down, you know how to open them. Yeah, that was the one thing I, I, know, what? I being so small. You guys refurb like you uh, refurb Samsung. Like you try to refurb most stuff you can if it's just cracked glass. No. Oh, every. I would say 90%, if not more, Samsungs are bad panels. That's very Makes true. Sense, well. This one says, an upcoming event will reunite you with old friends. Tight, right now. It's happening. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, there's a one. What? Something unusual will happen at work or school next week. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, Apple Watches are great. We don't refurbish Samsungs or anything else. So, I mean, frankly, for me, he he does all the iPhone uh, refurbishing. Man, I just don't have luck with that. I can nail an Apple Watch almost every time, but a screen on an iPad or an iPhone, man, I'm bubbles, misalignment. I mean, dude, I just, I don't know. I break it during the split. It sucks. That's a whole other yeah. level of skill. Seems like a lot more people are getting interested in it. They're <laughs> trying to get into it now. Uh, you know, I think Mal Ring is always, he works for Nissan and whatever, how the hell you pronounce it. But I know he pushes a lot of their stuff and it seems like a lot more people are getting interested in learning how to refurb and stuff like that. But like, I feel like it's never going to be as easy as it was back in like the S3, S4, S5 days where, you know, you're laying the glass down flat with just the the glue, you know, OCA glue or what was it local back then? Is that what local, it was? Brother, liquid and then yeah. lay it down. I used to have a <laughs> fucking I'd cure it with. I remember doing those. That's when I first started. And that was one of the ones that I was always so nervous about. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay. And it's funny because back then I could do that. Well, I could use that liquid uh, adhesive and I could get it with no bubbles or anything else. And now I'm bitching about like UV tempered glass where I just, I can't, that, you know, it's like, I don't know if declined or what, but shit. Just old man. Just yeah. Old man, I guess. Old man eyes. I'm going to throw the throwback name out here. You probably remember Dimitri. Do you remember Dimitri? Oh, dude. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> No, that's he sold. He sold his loca. He had that little cat logo for his loca uh, glue. He always sold. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I can't think of his last name right now, but James. I know that, he, was a, he was a younger guy, right? Yeah, I, I it was Dimitri James. I'm pretty sure James was his last name. Maybe not. It may have been something else, but. Yeah, I got to know him pretty well. Went and met him once because he was in Indiana, and I like drove over whenever I sold parts. Uh, we got to talking to him a lot, and like drove over and like hung out with him for a day. And, like, 
he was just as interesting in person as he was online. Like he wasn't like a whole different person. Like some people are like one way online with their, their whole, you know, personality. And then in person, they're just completely different. But now he was exactly who he was online. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I used to buy parts from him. Uh, man, I don't yep. know what era it was. If that was like, uh, maybe like iPhone seven days thereabouts, maybe. But five, has, I, have... I want to say five series is whatever I remember him really good with like OEM screens is like really when like C's and like vests I think is like whenever he was like really big into the parts. Yeah, because uh, I actually <laughs> I actually found out he was getting screens refurbished and then I found his refurbishing guy it was called Jack at iGems and uh, I worked with him directly after I found that out. But he actually did he Dimitri if if I remember correctly, told me, he's like, yeah, these are refurbs. And I know they're the best quality screens you can buy. And then he ended up telling me one day, he's like, yeah, this is Jack. And I ended up calling the dude and we ended up talking. And I was like, Hey man, like, how are you doing all this? Like, how are you getting such good glass and all this shit? And he's like, well, just fucking use me and you'll find out. And I was like, all right, cool. And so I did that for a while. And he started refurbishing. Um, was it five series? Was it that long ago? Wow. Wow, Maybe okay. six, well, I guess... but I remember five series is like whenever I kind of first met him. Whenever I was selling parts, because like I think whenever I first started selling parts is like 2014, and I want to say that was like five to C era. Because I remember whenever like the C screen shortage happened and like prices went like yeah. insane. I remember that too. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, they're like yeah. eighty bucks for a five. Yeah, it was crazy, and you know it was funny because like. There, there was no real aftermarkets there. Like the aftermarket was like literally like the glass was like the only thing aftermarket. Everything was still original LCDs on like everything you got. You know, grade A was original LCD and like a high quality glass. And you know, not now it's like fucking aftermarket for everything. Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing I understand. If I get on like MS right now and I look like at a certain model, they have six different variants for screens. I'm like, why? Why? Just give me good, better, best and call it a day. <laughs> but uh, two or three different LCDs. And I'm like, two or three different LCDs. 30, 40 cents off of, from each other. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, it's it's definitely a whole different world now. So many more options. And uh, it's definitely not the same as what it was, obviously, then. But it, it became a, a bigger game with the more models that came out. You know, it's a lot more to to think about like you were talking about earlier you know 120 hertz like how long is it taking to get the aftermarket going for those and as soon as they came out there's yeah. issues with them yeah yeah return them i that's the first time i got a recall for mobile sticks was for those fucking panels <laughs> they sent me they sent me a recall and a label and i was like cool i got an rma to do here's 1500 bucks to the shit take it back so but that, yeah i mean that, i was just we were talking about that earlier about having if you release an aftermarket part and all of a sudden Apple changes something in the software and disables it and you sell 10,000 of them as a vendor, holy shit, what, is, what a nightmare that would be. Well, I feel like we did see something like that. I don't remember what model it was, but there was something like with an iOS update on like certain screens, like more or less like build. I don't remember what it was specifically. It was touchy spots. Itchy thing. That's I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I want to say maybe that was like the iPhone eight. I was about to say eight plus, or maybe no, uh, it wasn't seven. Seven, seven plus is where they start. We started doing. Uh, we needed a program. They started right. doing different screen yeah. 
this one's from Toshiba and this one's yep. from LG and yep. these ones don't work together. It's like, dude, like, yep. oh different manufacturers. Yeah, yeah. You know the code, right. like yeah, know the code. CKQ or whatever. Was <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. Well, like they're just serializing for no reason. That, that doesn't help anybody. No, except for them. Yeah. I, I miss the days yeah. of just ordering the the wrong screen for iPhone four GSM or CDMA and getting pissed whenever <laughs> I try to align it. <laughs> you know, you could just cut the frame on those. And yeah, it's, just just yeah. it's like that one tab or whatever. Yeah, it took me a while to yeah, figure it out, but I remember the SIM card tree was. That's yeah. funny, and the GSM because it had the anchors on the. Bro, I used to fucking. I could fly through them. We used to have like four guys at a time, and we do a fucking race on the workbench, and we at, my, at the Denver shop, and we'd have three or four of us racing on a four or four S display. And I'd smoke these motherfuckers, He's dude. Very fast, and, and no funny problems. enough, funny enough, when he first took over this business, their best tech here at the time, what was his name? Alex. Alex was he started talking all this crap to me saying like oh man i'm better tech than you i'm faster yeah. than you. i can do all this stuff and i was like ah, dude maybe i've been doing this for a minute though i'm did pretty we, good didn't we do a fucking and we did a speed a test virtual race a virtual race over facetime yeah. uh, it was like an iphone six uh, or something iphone six screen repair or something and like i by the time i was finished he wasn't even halfway through yeah. <laughs> that was so funny and he, had, and he spent like a week talking himself up going like you don't understand i'm oh i'm so fast i'm the best technician castle rock <laughs> all right dude we'll see <laughs> and then i'm finished put my last screw in and he's like you know still still getting the Whoa. touch id out it's like, that was the best that was the best shit though because we just got we we're all co-workers so we we're just talking shit the whole time and you're you know I look over at somebody else and like, oh shit, they're getting the plate out. You know, I better hurry up. And then I'm like fumbling my screwdriver. I slip my like those were good old times. Like I know at the conferences, at the events, they're doing that for like back glasses and shit like that. And I'm like, yeah, man, I should, I should show up and just show these people what's up. Dude. <laughs> I've been I've been sleeping on all these competitions, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe. you should. You actually. You should have came to the ERC. We had it in Denver two years ago now. I think. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we do we do a repair off there with iFixit, and yeah, I mean it seems like every time we've done one, like something happens. Like Robert Miranda won it that year. I think he won it this year too. So he's back to back champ. But like, we, nothing's really like tested or anything. So it's like somebody gets one. Like Matt from iFixit, he was in there, and like the phone that he got had strip globes on it, so he couldn't even get started. Oh, he was like, I can't even get the globes out. Stare at all, poor guy. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, stuff like that. It'll happen. But yeah, uh, one other thing I was thinking of, do you, we were talking about the accessories. Do you do like, you know, do you sell many devices or do you like many device buyback in your stores? So, um, yes, we, we, we don't inventory phones to sell through the business. We do buyback devices. Um, or as an example, uh, just this happened like a couple times just this, this week. Somebody comes in with the phone they need data recovery on. Uh, so we'll get it to where we can do that screen, whatever it takes to get the data from it. And then we'll ask them like, hey, what are, you, what are your plans with this phone? And in most cases, like, all right, you got my new phone. I don't need this. So then we just have them sign out of the iCloud. We do the repairs and then we flip it, um, which works really well. But we do buy, we buy old devices from people. and We have our own criteria of which we meet uh, for doing so. Uh, which is kind of a nightmare, man. Like I've been at this long enough now to know, like most of these people don't own these phones. 
So like if you got an iPhone 13 or newer, I'm giving you 50% of fair market value just because of that. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if you can get $600 on Facebook. I'm giving you 250 because I don't think you're going to pay this off, you know, and that's a risk that I have to take. So um, in that respect, or what we'll do is we'll do a concierge service for people who want to buy a device and they don't really know what they're looking for. We just try to determine a budget for them and then we'll find the device, we'll buy the device and then we'll help them set it up. Uh, and then we have a fee associated, a certain percentage of the purchase and then a data transfer rate that is actually reduced. So we don't have to actually hold any inventory. Um, and then we truthfully and honestly buy from Swappa a lot of times. And we tell the consumer or the customer like, hey, you have $450 to spend. Well, we have X amount of dollars we're going to take off of that for our time. And then we're going to charge you X amount of dollars if you want us to transfer the data. And do you agree to want to do this? And they do. And then we get the phone. We do the whole communication. We ship it here. We back up the data, restore the data. We hook them up with accessories or whatever we can. And, uh, you know, just try to try to make a little bit of money that way instead of having $10,000 of the phone sitting here that are the wrong carrier, the wrong color, the wrong storage, slightly scratched, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, it's, no, to me, it's, makes sense. I, I don't, I don't like selling phones, man. It's just not my thing. Give me a screwdriver and a project, and that's where I shot. Yeah, we're we're about the same. I mean, I, I'd say like we we usually don't carry. We're the same way. Like you know, if somebody comes in want one. Like sometimes we might have one from a, a you know customer buyback or something. But like right now, like the only thing we'll have is like maybe an iPad and like a MacBook or two. Like. Windows laptops, like that, we can't even keep those in. If we get one, like it sells within a day or two. Like people just love Windows laptops. It's crazy, but you know we're not in a, an area where Mac but MacBooks move that well. There's a small demand for them, but you know it's crazy. Some of these stores, though, man, like they. I mean, I think it's a, a big aspect of financing, right? Like we we offer a or whatever, but like. I just feel like I'm a used car salesman trying to get people to sign up for that. I'm not running a rent center here. Like, I feel like I'm not, I don't feel like it's, I'm doing my customer a good deed by getting them to sign up for this, like somewhat predatory loan to buy a, you know, a used device from me. Like if they, there's somebody who can't get credit approved at Verizon or AT&T for a new phone. It's like, well, I can sell you this $300 phone. You're going to pay $900 for over the next 18 months or whatever it may be. And, I don't know. We've yeah, got a few well, that people are just like, oh, I don't care uh, how much it is. I just, you well, know, I, I need the phone. They'll do it. But yeah, that's definitely not ideal for well, me. Some of these guys. Me, when you, oh, I was going to say, when saying the used car sales me thing for oh, the, the used car sales thing for me is like, you bring me your uh, broken iPhone 8, and I'm like, oh, I know I can resell that. I'm going to fix it and make some money, but I'm going to sell you this other one right now that's way overpriced because it works better and it's newer i just don't like that whole vibe of that i'd rather just say hey your, yeah. your shit's beyond economical repair i could help you find a new device here's some good resources to look uh maybe i'll one of my technicians might have some phones a friend of mine might have a phone to sell uh but i don't like that i don't like that feeling like i wouldn't want that for me if i walked into a shop and someone was like hey your iphone 13 mini it's too expensive to fix but i, I got you this iphone 14 right here you know, like, I don't want that to happen to my customers. I don't want it to happen to me. I don't want it to happen to you, Levi, and my mom, you know? So uh, I, I, that's why I don't fuck with sales. <laughs> so yeah, that's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I get it. And that's, that's kind of how it is. Is like, you know, there's some of these stores out there. Well, you know, I've seen some numbers. These guys sell, you know, 50 to $60,000 worth of devices a month, whether it's, you know, high dollar MacBooks or iMacs or consoles. I mean, when the consoles were banging, like people were selling PS5s for $1,000 and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just nuts, you know? Like, I, I mean, I get it to an extent, like it's business. And if they're willing to sign up for the financing, they know what they're getting themselves into. But like, for me, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I guess I have more empathy to where like, I just kind of genuinely feel bad. I'm like this, you know, how you're feeling. Like, I don't, I wouldn't want to go in and get that same kind of service somewhere. Like I, I want to be able to feel like I'm, you know, not getting turned bent over. If I wanted to spend that, I would just go to, you know, a rental center or whatever, you know, and just sign up for my life. there. <laughs> This is off topic, but I just saw that Rena Center is now leasing Jordans. You can lease Air Jordans. What? What world are we? But well, show show what <laughs> Levi wears real fucking nice shoes. Like I, I don't need to go through Rena Center. To no, that's what I'm saying. saying. But but it's like, like who? You're gonna swap on sneakers. Swap sells sneakers now. So you can I did swap see them. No. Yeah, they're in the sneaker game. Yeah, they. Yep, I did see something about that the other day. I mean, yeah, they, they, I get I, it. No, we're on a podcast, but now I, I, I sell sneakers. You gonna sell your shoes on there now? I mean, well, <laughs> what if I see mine on there? Or, you know, make a shoes yeah, and sneakers, they're, they're, bro. It, Are they like, clean? I'm not. I, I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Swappa saw that like StockX started selling devices, so they're like, "Fuck it, we're gonna start selling shoes <laughs> to compete with you guys." <laughs> well, and it's I don't see. I don't know. I'm not a sneakerhead, so like, why well, I am? So Levi's looking at all these chains. I have no idea what he's looking at. They don't really have that, like. You said twelve trusted sellers. Twelve trusted sellers. Well, that's what, another thing that I was just about to to ask. Brand is, new. Like, they're brand new. Are they dead stock or are they? Probably. Oh, I'm not, I'm not a huge sneaker guy. I know I know you know my Yeezys. That's about the extent that I get for them. But yeah, I mean oh, got, I, it's smart. Yeah, that's that. That's the only ones I wear. Pants yeah. all day every day. No socks because my feet don't stink. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah I, yeah, I can't do no socks. I mean, even when, like, my, it's not that my feet stink. They just sweat a lot. So it's like, I have to have socks. My feet just sweat just, like, standing in socks. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, this dude, no socks in his vans. His feet don't really smell. I don't even wear deodorant. He only wear deodorant. And it's one of those things, too. I can't wear vans, man. I got arches in my feet. And this is for, like, some flat-footed yeah. Neanderthal people. Yeah. <laughs> Size nine. Size nine, baby, right up the walls. And then they... I've been wearing bands since I was fucking three years old. So that's a long time. I guess it's smart on Minnesota's side. They know their customer base. Like, you know. Yeah. They know their customer base. Hey, store. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to hate on them because we get a lot of business from a lot of Renaissance around here. We do get a lot of consoles from them for HDMI repairs. You know, we'll get like gaming, like they sell gaming computers now. Like we'll get gaming computer repairs and upgrades from them. Samsung do, repairs. Do you, so, do you ever tr intentionally try to go after B two B business, like B two B repairs? Um, 
Yeah, we do to, to an extent. Like, you know, my partner, we're he's just we're a one man shop. So, like, I, I don't do anything with the shop. He runs everything. Um, I sit back here in my office and work for Adlon. You know, he focuses on the shop. And, you know, whenever we're slow, I, he will go around and just pop into businesses and introduce himself. Like, okay, you know, I own this repair shop and try to get, you know, like, you know, most, com- most places are going to have at least a computer or two, or depending on how big it is, you know, I always tell them to go to the doctor's office, dentists or insurance agencies, places where there's likely more than one computer. Like, okay. You know, we, yeah. we do business support, whether it's computer support on site, you know, whatever, we can help you with any of that. But at the same time, it's like a, a double whammy because all those people in there have their iPhones or iPads or Samsungs, and then they've got a husband and kids with the same devices. So you're getting a pretty good reach out on top of just a business reach out. You're getting that personal reach as well. So, you know, we, we, we go, he's been to the carrier stores here. They're not as privy to us going there. Just the management doesn't like us going in and, you know, trying to kiss ass or be like, Hey, you should refer business to us. They're, the management there just doesn't like us for some reason. And so we, we just opted to focus on just general business uh, overall. So any anytime he's got downtime, if we're slow, he'll step out for like an hour and just go drive around and just stop into random businesses. And if it's someplace he stopped at before, just like, hey, you know, I just want to come introduce myself again or just check in, see how things were. Just try to make the face with the name and just kind of be friendly and introduce himself and get people to remember him more than anything. That's what I should do too, because I've just got some business-to-business uh, work that is uh, to be able to have that consistency. I think is is something that I, I very much like. Having you know thirty devices be brought in at once is very uh, you know even though it's a lot of work, it's very comforting to know that oh I got a whole day's worth of shit I can do now, and I know it's going to make me good money. So I'm, I'm I've been thinking a lot about how to acquire more uh, fleets of devices yeah. for repairs. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of options out there. I mean, we got lucky with the rentist. Like our local rentist kind of just came in one time asking if we could repair something. And then like once we had like four or five repairs under our belt, like with them, they started telling the other rentists in like the region. And now they'll like ship stuff into the, the main one and they'll just bring in like four or five devices at a time. And be like, hey, drop them off. And whenever you guys are done, just, you know, let us know. We'll come pick them up and they pay. And I mean, we we they pay we charge them more than a regular customer even. And, you know, we know that they're going to pay it. So, cause they're going to make tenfold on that device going back. Yeah. So. so, I mean, I, I like the Renaissance idea. I never, I've never even. I'm about it. to walk into a Renaissance <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'm sure they're out here. I'm yeah. not sure. Maybe not in this county. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe up in, in your, Denver, in Denver <laughs> County. You got to think of Denver. Denver Aurora. Yeah. Aurora. So, yeah, well, shit. There's different brands out there too. There's like a big one, Aaron's. I think is a big brand of like Rena Center style. Um, there's a couple what? other similar type of yeah. What? Aaron's it's just A A R O N S. Aaron's it's like our same style of Rena Center, just in the least own place. You got A A R O N rentals. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's uh, I feel like it's never ending. You know, there's always opportunity out there. I just gotta go look for it. You know, some people are getting into smart home installs. You know, install ring doorbells, install, you know, setting up Amazon Alexas or Sonos speakers. Like some people just aren't capable of being able to set up stuff through an app. It's all it takes is 
plugging in a Sonos speaker, connecting it through an app and just kind of setting it up for people and charging them 150 bucks or, you know, whatever it is. It's like, there's plenty of opportunity out there. A lot of the uh, owners just don't want to try new things. Like they're just stuck and they're like, I just, I want to do this. This is what I like. And I don't want to try to do anything else. And I feel yeah. like that that's going to leave you dead. Yeah. And it's the interesting thing about the smart home stuff is we live in an older, well, we live, we work in an older community. So the majority of the people in my immediate area are older, 50 plus, yeah. 70 plus, you know, much older. Um, and we get calls all the time for that exact thing. Like, Hey, my Alexa isn't working. Would you guys come out and check it out and help us out? And then what we try to do is like, we have a minimum hour charge to get out there. And we try to fill up that hour because it's like, if we're not going to charge you our hourly rate just to set up an Alexa. Give us a list of things that you want us to help you with. And then that hour turns into two hours. And then those people are willing to pay because nobody else is fucking helping them. You know, like the grandkids aren't in town or their kids aren't even in the state anymore. The fucking, their neighbor is also 80 years old, doesn't know her ass from the hole in the ground. So it's worth it. So that same thing, that old person knows another old person who's going to need some help. And it's just really the hardest part for us because we're, in this shop, we're a two-man crew, me and then my Sean, my, my, my guy Sean. Levi is totally solo. So, like, on-site shit is hard. As, a, as yeah. a person who has a family and two kids, it's real hard for me to make my time available to do that. And then for Sean, uh, truthfully, he had a lot of time until recently, but he enrolled back into college, so his time is a little bit more limited. But it's a really good opportunity for him to get a lot of experience learning how to help people in his future pr profession and make some money along the way. And especially if you got a $200 ticket and we do, he gets a lot more commission on those jobs than probably anybody else that will watch this. But uh, that I, I don't, I don't look to make money on that. Like that's your time. Yeah. You're setting it up. You're taking care of it. Using my business as a name and a reputation to get the job from a customer of ours or whatever. So I get a small fraction, uh, like a very small fraction of it. So, and I think that's great. I mean, it, it's, it's not me doing it and that customer might break their computer and bring it into my shop. And that's the way I'm going to make my money. And they'll tell all of their friends, family, neighbors, and strangers about the shop. So the word of mouth thing for me is huge. It has been since 2011. Yeah, no, 100%. I think one of the things I've always wanted to do was, oh, you know, Florida, uh, Florida or Arizona has opened up a shop in like an area where there's a lot of like retirement yeah. neighborhoods, right? So like, my father-in-law has a house uh, that he goes to for like the winter and stuff. And it's like in Venice, Florida. But he's got like this massive community he's in. And it's all just older people. And like, there's really like no stuff down there that does that. And it's like, you could even go to these little communities and they're little, you know, most of them are going to have like a clubhouse or like a community center where they all kind of get together, you know, whatever. You can go in there and probably spend a Saturday for four to six hours. Have it like, hey, for the first hour, we're going to do just kind of like a, a class of like how to do xyz set up iCloud, make sure that all your stuff's done right and you can charge them all to come to it and they're gonna pay for it and it's then like you said it's you know all the other opportunities down the line now that they've met you and they know what you do and you came to them because it's all you know they're they're not all technically going to find you easily they're not out going out on google they're they're you know these are people who still want to look up a phone book right like yeah. they're not going to go on google <laughs> and find you so like you're you're coming to them and now like you have your opportunity to give them your business card or let them know where you're at. So anytime they have problems, they are going to come to you. Like you said, they're going to bring a computer to you after that, that service call. They may have not known you otherwise or like thought about it otherwise, but now you've came out there and done that service for them. Like ah, oh, 
yeah, he's my go-to. Like those are the loyal customers. And like, and they're not, they're not the customers who are going to nickel and dime you. Like, I don't know if that's worth 150. They're like, all right, where do I sign? You know, like those are the customers you want. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, 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 it's it's one thing about this area where we're at now versus Levi's area. The demographics are completely different. So how he would approach that type of opportunity, it may not even exist for him, uh, for older clientele, whereas where I'm at. We, if if I could clone me and Sean, we would be able to help so many more people and obviously make more money. But like, that's why I stay in this is I really enjoy what I do. Like, I like doing this day to day shit. I've been doing it for so long, but I also like knowing that like, if Grandma has a problem and she comes in here and we could help her, we just made her whole day. I've heard that yep. so many times, you know. And it's like five minutes of my time to help with Grandma's little problem. I'm not going to charge you. I'm just going to help you. Because if my yep. mom goes into a shop and is getting taken care of, that's how I want it to be for me in my shops. So, yeah, at a certain point, like, I even got a thing up there. It's 10 minutes or less is free, and then we will schedule a time together to go over whatever it is that you need help with. And then there's a fee associated for in-store in versus on-site. So it's, it's, it is something that we do offer. Um, it's just hard when you're a small, when you're a small crew, a small yeah. shop. Yeah. And that's the thing, like with the onsites, like he, you know, we're, we're Monday through Friday, 10 to six here. And like, if he has to do an onsite, he always tries to schedule it, you know, after we close, we're on a Saturday or like towards the end of the day where he can like, you know, shuffle some stuff around and make it like from five to six and stuff like that. But like, he always tries to make sure that like he's working around that because yeah, I mean, taking away from being in here and, you know, messing a customer come in and like, I'll kind of watch it and stuff and maybe bring something in and drop off. But like, I'm not here to try to troubleshoot issues. I'm I'm not around the stuff enough to be like, oh yeah, I know how to fix that, or we could you know take that. I, then then it becomes a problem. Like, oh, I came in and that guy back there helped me, and there was an issue, and it's like all my fault. You know, like yeah. I'm not taking blame for anything here. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I have well, to do it all. The well, I I hear the the woes of big shops too because you got people who are good at certain things and others that don't know anything about nothing. So a customer comes in and like only wants to work with that guy because that guy yep. knows his shit. Well, that guy's not yep. here today, so what are you going to do? So, I mean, for both Levi and I, we're pretty well-rounded in terms of most things that come in. And we also know our limitations, which I think is very important as well, in that, hey, I don't really know this. If you want to give me some time to research it, I'm happy to do so. If it's out, outside of the scope of my work, I know somebody that I will send you to, like vintage audio. We get a lot of requests for vintage audio work. I would love to know how to fix that shit, but I don't know it. So I have a guy who I refer all of that to or like super high level board level repairs that I'm not really thinking I'm capable of. I got the guy, you know, and it's, it's, you don't have to do it all. You just got to be able to help in most cases on like instantly and then have somebody that can go to that next thing for you. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's good. Giving them a solution. Just like you said, like if you can't do it, as long as you provide them a solution, like it still wins them over as a customer. They're always going to want to come back to you because you help them out. So the same way, like we don't do certain things here, but we'll send something out to have somebody else do it. And the fact that like we were able to help them and even though we didn't do it here, they're still happy. And they're always going to remember that we still helped them, even if it was something like you said, like out of our scope, but we're still trying, we're going out of our way to help them. You know, we're like, ah, no, we don't fix it here. See ya like out the door yep. like some people will do that they won't be like well we don't do it here but we do have a partner that does these repairs for us it's going to be a little bit longer because we're going to ship it to them they may have a queue of stuff they're working on so it may take a week or two and like 
It's obviously not like phones or anything that we're sending out unless it's like a massive data recovery. It's typically going to be like a laptop or some board level repair on it. But like, it's stuff that people are like, oh, okay, yeah, no, no problem at all. Like, you know, they're happy that they at least have an option rather than like, oh, right. sorry, like we can't do it. We got to go buy a new iPad now or a new MacBook or right. whatever. A lot of people don't so. have the money to go fork out $700, to $1,000 for a new tablet. And a few, exactly. a few hundred dollars is a lot easier to swallow, even with the lead time. And then providing a solution where, like, my, my favorite thing is, like, Apple, oh, you can't fix that. And, like, it's some cheesy shit like a charging port or whatever. And then the customer comes up here and we're like, oh, yeah, it wasn't that. It's just a charging port. Or the screws are loose behind it and all they need to do is be tightened. You know, it's like we hear that all the time. And even, even though our Apple store isn't near, people just have that gut feeling. They're like, well, this isn't right. I'm not going to give you 600 bucks to replace my iPad. I'm going to take it somewhere and figure out a better solution. That's more affordable. Uh, yeah. That happens a lot. A lot, a lot. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that's definitely what they've been notorious for. Yeah, it all obviously varies on the stores and the, the geniuses working there. But uh, they're, they're, I've, I've always said it, like, you know, that they're never going to make a device that's not going to break or need repair because they're in the business to sell devices, right? They're not in the business to repair devices. And people are always worried like, oh, they're going to take over repair. They don't want to repair phones or any device for that matter. They want to sell you a new one. Like that's their whole goal is to sell you a new device. When you walk in that store, their hope is that you just don't even want to bother fixing that device. <laughs> you just want to buy a new one. That is well, it. We, we actually talked about that before. The pricing structure of their repairs is such that it's almost like, well, shit, if I got to get a whole new replacement phone, I might as well just spend a couple hundred dollars more and get a brand new phone. Yeah. And the Apple, Apple particularly, man, they're fucking clever. They got it down. They've been at it for decades, obviously. Yeah. But more recently, like $1,500 for an iPhone and then you go in to get a replacement because you broke the back. Well, maybe not these days, but the back glass would be $700. Like they know people are going to probably just buy the newest widget because I don't want to spend 700 for a two years old device. Let me just get the newest one and uh, I'll spend double and get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> spend yeah. double and get a new one. hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's what their goal is. They're, they, they don't have the, the money and the cash reserves they do because they're trying to fix stuff. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, man, uh, we definitely, like I said, see the time will fly, despite our uh, internet internet issues. But uh, rolling on an hour and a half here, looking right. Mentioned internet here, but we are only getting twenty megs up, which is definitely slow. Yeah, no, that's surprising. Yeah, I mean, we we get raped here. Like our our options for internet is you know, very limited, and they've been running like fiber, but it's not like fully available yet. So like, yeah, we have one internet option here. And I mean, we pay like $110 a month just for the 50 meg. And it's complete like rip off. Yeah. It's technology. It's all alien tech anyways. So what are you going to do? Exactly. All good. Well, I appreciate you guys hanging out, staying late, eating some Chinese and reading some fortune cookies at least. Turns out. <laughs> appreciate you. Now you're frozen, dude. I know you. You guys were too. I was you just were, like, that's oh, just the perfect way. Yeah, it was showing you just like staring at your watch. 